Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Canberra Conversations with your host, Colin Campbell. And today's conversation, we are talking about priming yourself as somebody that works in an office environment or at a desk for long periods for peak performance inside the gym. Now, in order to do that, we are joined by Elvie Alex, who is a corrective exercise specialist. And we delve into a number of different areas. Firstly, some of the common complaints and tightness that we see from people that sit and work at a desk. Like many of the people listening, I myself am somebody that sits for long periods throughout the day in front of my laptop working away. So whether you're a corporate worker or somebody that runs a business from their laptop, you will probably have experienced some of the challenges that we talk about. Initially, we address the different small steps that we can take throughout the day that might alleviate some of the challenges that we have when it comes to tightness and mobility and range of motion before then delving into more specific areas that we can work on as a warm-up for maybe different body parts such as pressing, pulling and leg sessions. Without too much further ado, I just want to say a big thank you for everyone that's been supporting the podcast and sharing it with friends, family, or whoever they've decided to share it with, because I've recently seen a massive spike in the views in the back catalogue, and I hugely appreciate you doing so. If this particular episode is one that you enjoy and you can relate to, and you think other people might benefit from hearing it, then please do share it with them, because that's how we continue to grow the the community at Canberra Conversations. And like I say, I'm eternally grateful for the support that everyone is showing for this project. Without any further waffle from myself, let's dive headfirst into this one. Enjoy. Hello folks and welcome back to another episode of Canberra Conversations and today's conversation we're talking about preparing people who work at a desk nine to five or spend a lot of time sitting down commuting and generally in a seated position and how we can prepare those people which is most of us that are listening to this podcast for peak performance. To do that I'm joined by Elevate Alex who is a corrective exercise specialist with a background in sports and exercise science with a degree from university in that subject. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, Colin. It's good to be here. Exactly. And I think when I was thinking of who would be appropriate to have this level of discussion, you and I have been connected on Instagram for about six months now, probably the start of the lockdown period when I was looking for other good content creators because we're on our phones an awful lot more. And the yeah. uh, mutual friend, Dean Palmer, former guest on the show as well, said check this guy out he is posting regular content about corrective exercise and making sure that you're in a prime position regardless of what your everyday activity is to perform at your best in the gym but also in life and I think that's where where, where things really hit hard for me so in terms of your background then Alex uh, you studied sports and exercise science at, at uni and then as a PT you, you decided to specialize more in corrective exercise that's correct yeah, that, that's it. So after graduating uni, obviously went into the PT side of things and have done a few years PT where, where you are working in that big commercial gym. Obviously, everyone wants those transformations, the abs, the the big shoulders, the arms. And that, that is nice. It's nice working with, obviously, people with those hypertrophy goals, changing physiques, things like that. 
But for me, looking to specialise a little bit more, I had a look into the corrective exercise things. That's always with my training, a sort of area that I have enjoyed training myself, learning the background and decided to go through the National Association of Sports Medicine and then into corrective exercise, which I find obviously you're still helping people and you can it's helping people have a better quality of life, quality of movement. So it is helping people reach their goals in a different way and a way that I find sometimes slightly more rewarding as well. So Yeah, I think that's hugely important. You find it rewarding and equally there's a market for it in terms of people who maybe have found themselves injured over the years through their training or just through their lifestyle as well. And the vast majority of people listening to this podcast will be people that work in a career that involves them sitting at a desk for long periods, or even if they are an online coach, they'll be sitting at a desk for long, long periods, checking in with clients on their laptops. And we all know, well, hopefully by now, that this sedentary lifestyle that we lead, where we maybe sit on a bus, a train, or a car in the way to work, we then sit at our desk between nine to one or nine to 12 and have some lunch. And then we're back at our desk until five o'clock before we then maybe go to the gym, do some training, and then we're back back in our car or back in our back on the public transport getting home and then we sit down and watch netflix or then we sit down and have some dinner and then we go to bed so we are in this position where maybe we are building up tightness across key areas of the body and i know we're going to go into a few of those from your experience alex where do you typically see the kind of most challenges for desk workers with respect to tightness or issues with their range of mobility so with uh, most desk workers you do find obviously the typical areas you might find tightness in the chest front delts but what you find is there's always wherever you find that tightness there is going to be something that is underactive or i don't, don't want to use the term weak but obviously with the mus muscles working in pairs. So if your chest is slightly tight, pec major, pec minor, slight tightness, there's gonna be something around the back, whether that's rhomboids, lower traps, anything like that, where you do find there may be a slight weakness. So it's addressing both the tightness and those weaker areas as well. Yeah, of course, and I think we've spoken before on the show about some of the challenges I had when I got into uh, training through rugby where I had far too strong a front of my body versus the back of my body. And we can go into imbalances another time, but certainly when we're talking about tightness from sitting, I can think about the front of your body because we sit forward to reach for the mouse. We sit forward to reach for our laptop or our keypad. Uh, we sit forward in the car to reach for the steering wheel and the gear stick. There's, there's so many things that we're doing which are bringing us forward and that kind of tilt forward or yeah. to, to, make, to make us that little bit tighter on the front. Where are some of the other areas? If, we're, if, we're, if we've spoken about upper body, chest and, and shoulders, what kind of other areas do you typically find? And I'm sure a lot of the listeners are, are shouting out the answer for us. <laughs> so you will find that front delt, anything like that really, where you're finding... Obviously, those shoulders rounded forwards, essentially even the upper traps. 
So I know from experience myself, when you are sitting forward, you might start feeling that strain in the neck. And that again is the upper traps. Obviously, never say always, but a lot of people will find those upper traps very dominant. So just a little example going off slightly when you're doing your lateral raises in the gym. Obviously, a lot of the time you see people trying to hit that medial side delt and the traps, as soon as you get to that point near the top, the traps take over and it becomes almost a bit of a shrugging movement. Yep. And so again, it's what the most dominant muscle will always take over. Your body wants to find the easiest way to get the job done. So if you're sitting at your desk, shoulders rounded forward, then you sort of get home at the end of the day and you think, yeah, my neck's feeling it now. And that's the upper traps have been taking all that strain throughout the day. And that again is that forward posture, traps slightly raised. And I think that was something I think we're going to go on to later a bit as well, where we talk about performance in the gym. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you've raised performance in the gym already because when we're talking about this lifestyle we lead where areas of our body are tighter or more rounded or out of position potentially than others, it affects our what I would always talk about peak performance as an office athlete and somebody who wants to be their best in their work but also in their, in their fitness. You need to be aware of these challenges and what we're really going to dive into today is some of the things that we can do to tackle those. And I think if we've spoken about things like neck, upper back, um, sorry, upper traps, shoulders and chest, we know that these are clearly things that are tight. I know from experience as well that hips and ankles tend to be the other area of my lower body. And I know that from coaching over the years, Alex, you, you'll be able to tell me the number of people that can't hit a squat. And it's quite often to do with ankle mobility, which is... Yeah something that a lot of us forget because everything's everything's a chain but i'll, I'll leave the expert in there <laughs> in corrective exercise to tell us a little bit about what's going on with the lower body as well from all this all this sitting and this sitting forward that we do and the thing is as well i'm guilty of it as we may not even sit in the best position for us as well obviously we've seen a lot of office based companies now looking a lot into ergonomics of desks, the chairs. I know you, Colin, you told me you've been you've used a stand-up desk before. Yeah. But now, obviously, with a lot of people working from home, obviously, it's people say they might be sitting on the sofa working. They might be sitting on a. It's not the best setup potentially at home. Yeah. So that obviously can make the situation even even worse sometimes. Yeah, certainly. I think before we address some of the things that people can do throughout their working day to improve this tightness and improve themselves before they've even entered the gym and done corrective movements outside of that, the way we set up our desks, and I think the term you've used there is ergonomics, which is the kind of hot term in, in, in a lot of workplaces at the moment, as you said, there's things we can do to make sure we're in the best possible position. And the vast majority of companies now from a, a liability and a legal perspective will carry out a display screen equipment test. And um, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard of that, ask your manager and you'll probably uh, get a little bit flustered if you've not done it. Um, 
quite quite simply, it's assessing how our setup is for working on our laptop or our computer with respect to the key parts of our body. So where the screen sits in relation to our eyes, where our hands are in relation to the mouse and the and the keyboard, how far we have to reach. Are these are our wrists supported? Are our ankles touching the or sorry, are our feet touching the floor? And there's so much to it, isn't there, Alex? And I think we'll leave it to the experts within their work to make sure that they're set up correctly and you can perhaps sometimes claim things for homeworking and make sure you're in the right environment. But one of the things we talked about is a is a standing desk and I've certainly used that over the years. They're pretty easy to set up yourself um, if you, even if you are working from home. What would be some of the benefits of having a, a standing desk for periods of the day, Alex, versus being sat down the whole time? So it's going to be obviously key things like what, as you mentioned, the hips sitting in that seated position that can be a lot of strain tightness through the hip flexors and then uh, obviously as you say so imagine sitting at your desk all day and then go in quick down your pre-workout go to the gym and then you're going to try and hit a squat pb half an hour after you've spent nine hours sitting at the desk that's not going to be your hip flexors aren't going to be not liking you after that so it is that obviously standing up, less pressure through the hip flexors, but you'll also find that less pressure on the lower back. So obviously you can engage those deep core muscles. Obviously with, um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners coming from the performance backgrounds, it is those deeper core muscles that you may feel during a plank or a dead bug that are help responsible for stabilizing the spine if we're sitting down at a chair that may not be suitable for us that can put the spine into some lumbar lordosis obviously that arching of the back and then going from that position to squats or deadlifts may not be too friendly on your lower back certainly and i know from experience that when I had a standing desk set up on my previous role before the one I'm in just now I was actually working from home for for four and a half years outside of going out to see clients so I pretty much set up a homemade standing desk with books and files that basically put it at the right height for me on on, on, on my table and it meant that I was able to stand up and work on my laptop and I typically use that for the higher energy tasks where I was maybe making outbound calls to new clients or speaking to current clients about a difficult subject and I wanted to be high energy and enthusiastic. Yeah. For those that are watching on YouTube, they'll see that I'm standing at, at, at my mic just now because I tend to have a better um, flow and conversation with my guests when I'm, when I'm standing. And I know that there's no real pressure on my lower back, my, my, uh, my hip flexors, my ankles are in a straight position. They're not um, uh, shortened. And of course, I'm standing tall with my, with my chest up, which when we think about how we sit so often, if we're doing that for the whole day, we're sometimes leaving ourselves exposed. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to tell everyone that they need to have a standing desk because it's not that, it's not that serious. Because even now, I spend, I spend the majority of my day seated now because a lot of my work is admin-based and I find it's easier to concentrate when I'm sitting on a spreadsheet. But for those high energy tasks, I certainly advocate standing up. However, for those that just simply have not got the setup to do a standing desk, Alex, you've got a recommendation when it comes to building periods of it within your day and what that might look like. What would you advise? Yeah, obviously, depending on where you work and as long as your manager's happy with it, maybe have a discussion 
with some other members of your team. So it's just making it a part of your day. So obviously, again, I'm sure your listeners, performance base, you've already said performance in work, performance at the gym. It's making it a part of your day. We don't have an hour. You don't want to get up an hour earlier to do some foam rolling and stretching on the floor. You want to make yourself, you want to be efficient with your time. So it is that if you've got a quiet period at work, it's standing up, just doing a couple of stretches, go maybe every hour, go for a walk to the other end of the office, get just get moving. It obviously is making it part of your day, part of your routine. We don't we don't have that time to you go into the gym after work, you go in improve your performance, you then don't want to add another hour on top of that doing some stretching, some mobility, you run out of time in the day. So it's it's making that part of your routine, part of your workout even. So I may be skipping ahead here, talking, going into the performance, but it's not thinking of corrective, corrective exercise as a separate, a completely separate training method. It's incorporating it into your current plan. So again, it's not that doing a load of body weight stretches, body weight movements for half an hour before. It's that super, maybe, obviously, part of your warm-up, supersetting a few key movements for whatever session you've got planned that day. So if it's a lower body, obviously get some, whether that's dynamic movements to get your hips moving, or some upper body work. But I believe we may be going on to that a bit later yeah of course Alex we'll, we'll go we'll go right in on that later I think for me we're talking about this standing up more regularly during the working day and I love that idea that you're building it into your nine to five to try and alleviate some of the pressure of sitting the whole time and if you're thinking from a performance perspective how many of us can sit at a screen completely undisturbed for three hours and actually function that well we're probably doing ourselves a favor when it comes to concentration and performance by standing up as well yeah so i'm sure with you so you've obviously said about your client meetings things like that if you were sitting down for a long period that's going to affect your energy sort of everything which will come across to clients customers anything like that and so it is that standing up get everything moving again even if it's just a couple of minutes if you've got to sit down come back, sit down, and I'm sure you will feel that sort of energy back again. I certainly even, think so. I certainly think so. So even from a point you said, obviously, when you're doing at the stand-up desk, you feel better with the high-energy task. Everything opens up within the core, so the diaphragm, everything. You just feel a lot more chest opens up, like you say. The whole energy comes across, which I guess for your client meetings, things like that. It's key. It's incredibly important, isn't it? And if we're thinking about a performance perspective in work, quite often what we do to perform in work, but also to perform outside of work in our fitness overlaps and we end up in a great position. So for me, you've mentioned a couple of different stretches that we can do during that period when we're standing up. Maybe we're in a suit or a, 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 a shirt and trousers, so we can't be too um, adventurous. What kind of stretches do you think would be something we could, we could include so it's those again this 
will link into the performance in the gym as well. But it's those letting the shoulder blades come all the way forward. I know that sounds a bit counterintuitive, but bringing the shoulders all the way forward. And then it is that pulling the back, pulling the shoulder blades into those back pockets, get the scapula all the way back. And again, that's preventing those upper traps from taking over. Because obviously a lot of the time, I've had this working with clients, even myself, when I sort of started out, you try to pull your shoulder blades back and the shoulders automatically raise a little bit. And that's those upper traps taking over. Like I said earlier, the body will always find the easiest way to get the job done. So you're pulling the shoulders back, the upper traps think, I'll kick in here. So it is that trying to get the lower traps engaged. Because I, I know you said this is one of your favourite cues as well, sort of when you're in the gym. But it's Scapula another one. in the back pocket. I love it. <laughs> but that's another good one that carries over to the workplace. Because if we are sitting at that desk, shoulders coming forward, it's just pulling the scapula, as you say, into the back pocket, chest opens up, head comes up a little bit, and you just feel everything open up. So it's, that's probably one, one of the key ones, I'd say. And obviously... That's a good start point, Alex. So we would do that potentially every hour when we're standing up. We walk, maybe walk to the toilet, walk to the other side of the office, maybe just get a little bit of movement. That's we're rolling it. our shoulders forward. We're pulling them back and into our back pockets. Anything else we can include within this period? And obviously, talking lower body, you've got things like, sort of, to a degree, obviously, as you say, workplace attire can be limiting, but just standing up in sort of hip swings, so it is just that I'm not talking trying to kick your foot up to head height or anything, because I'm. But it's just that swinging the leg back and forward, opening the hips up a little bit, just getting that movement through the hip flexors, so they're not tightened for that extended period of time. Yeah, it's it's small things like that, and appreciate that. Maybe that seems a little bit awkward, but if we think about the general population's approach to, to fitness, one of the most important things is stopping caring what other people think with regards to how we behave in an office. They probably think what you eat is absolutely fucking bonkers anyway, so you might as well, you might as well just add to it by doing some scapular rolls and some, <laughs> uh, and, some, and, and some rotations of your hips to try and open things up. What about things like, um, like hand against the wall, rotating your... Um, like palm against the wall and rotating away to open up your chest. Do you find that's a helpful static stretch? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a static stretch and obviously still does have its place. That's part of the, so with the corrective exercise, you have a process that you typically follow, which would be you find those going a little bit off topic, but you find those tight muscles, which are the overactive ones. And obviously you want to sort of get those stretched out. So whether that's through foam rolling, static stretching, and once they're stretched, and obviously that tightness is relieved a little bit, you can then work on that opposing muscle group. So it still has its place, the static stretching. As you say, the sort of arm out through the doorway, lean in, open up the chest, stretch the front delt out a little bit. So yeah, things like that, that's another good one. So you're getting that stretch through the chest and then you're strengthening or getting some blood moving to the scapula 
when you do those rotations. So it's that stretch the overactive and then work in that underactive one. I like that because we're ticking both boxes then. We're doing both sides of the body and we're getting ourselves in a position to to feel a little bit better. And we've ticked off some lower body ones as well. So I think one of the things that I liked when we were chatting about what we were going to cover in the episode, Alex, was about how can we do little bit little things during the working day so we can stand up more often, we can walk around the office a little bit, we can rotate our hips, we can, we can uh, rotate our shoulders and we can stretch off our chest and our front delt. That's some actionable stuff straight away that you can do that will lead to you performing better that evening in the gym or that morning and just day-to-day feel a little bit better and more um, posturally solid within your working day. And I think all of this leads us into a conversation where we're going to underline the importance of prehab over rehab. It's very easy after the fact for me to say to you, Alex, I keep injuring my shoulder at the gym. What rehab can I do? And it's just, it's just a never-ending circle. Whereas if we come away from that and we think about prehabilitation and looking after ourselves across our whole body year-round, will we hopefully avoid some of those challenges? So I guess it was just to get a bit of an understanding before we dive right into Alex. What's your approach with regards to prehab versus rehab for uh, a general population client that comes to you? So yeah, again, it is that making things a part of training anyway. So obviously, as more experienced sort of trainers, yourself, we, we have all these different prehab, rehab, you could call, obviously you can have your hypertrophy, you can have strength training, all these different performance based. But for a general population client, it is that they most likely wouldn't know the difference between these. So most people, they don't care what that training style is called. They just want a program that's gonna get them fitter, get them stronger in the gym, and sort of feeling better and obviously if they are an office-based worker then we obviously have to take these things into account so we can't have them coming in and doing one rep max deadlifts after spending nine hours sitting down or something like that so it is just that making it a part of training rather than seeing it as a completely separate method so whether that is supersetting some banded pull-aparts or obviously to get that rotator cuff fired up, get everything strong in the shoulders, things like your glute bridges, things like that, which for a general population client, they don't understand, they don't obviously, they don't think of that as a completely separate, they don't think, oh, this is the prehab part. This is the, now we're on to the main session. So it's just that session structure and making it a part of your routine. So it all becomes sort of one and flows quite nicely. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. And I think when we think about this, building everything in, and you said beforehand, it's really important that sometimes we don't think of it, corrective exercise is like a separate hour a week that I do. It's part of part of my everyday session. And you've dropped some, uh, some, some big ones already there with the band pull aparts and the glute bridges. But let's go into specific warm-ups that we can do. So as part of our prehab, for me in my head, 
when I'm thinking, as, as you said, an experienced trainee, I know before I do particular sessions in the gym, so a pushing session, a pulling session, a leg session, there's certain muscles that I need firing and there's certain ranges of motion that I need to get going and feel strong in yeah. before I then load those up and make and make try and make progressions. The first of those, if we're starting off the week with a a a, a, a pushing day on a Monday, maybe chest Monday if you're still a, a little bit a little bit of a Neanderthal when it comes to your training program. <laughs> um what what can we do in those initial five, ten minutes? We've we've cut we've gone from work, like you say, we've sparked the pre-workout, we're feeling good. We're gonna hit. We're gonna hit some incline bench or some or some uh, some barbell bench press or some overhead press. What are the things that we're doing to prehabilitate our muscles and to make sure that we're not still suffering from some of the tightness that we might have developed at the desk? So maybe I went a bit too early with the banded pull-aparts, but so that I'd say is the key one before bench pressing. Obviously, you could even superset that with your warm-up sets because, obviously, from a corrective exercise point of view, we want to make sure everything's nice and fired up, get everything smooth, moving nicely. But also, from a performance point, obviously, with your bench press, get in that good position, shoulders pulled back, shoulders in the back pockets, things like that from a performance point. Obviously, we've got your external rotations, stick a band onto the rack, get that external rotation through the shoulder joint, warming up the rotator cuff. I'm so, trying, I think so for the, for the listeners, Alex, the external rotation is that band on the rack, create some tension, and then hand across the body, isn't it? That's it. So that's that 90 degree at the elbow, and then bring that out. Because obviously with the bench press, shoulder press, that brings our shoulders into a position of internal rotation, which obviously too much of that can lead to impingement of the shoulder joint, injuries further down the line. I think everybody knows someone who's done their rotator cuff. So that's obviously for such a small movement, which can take a couple of minutes before, things like that. Again, it's getting that movement of the scapula, which just pulls your shoulder into a nicer, sort of more friendly position. Because if you are always in that internal rotation, that's just going to be the shoulder sort of grinding away on that joint, the tendons rubbing around the joint. And that's where we get that inflammation and problems further down the line. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great start point, I think, for for, for let's say if we're bench pressing like you say we're working up with the barbell we're popping a, a plate or two on to to get our chest moving and, and the blood into that but equally we're doing the banded pillow parts we're doing the external banded rotations i uh, regularly do them lying with a dumbbell as well if i need to if, if i can't if i can't get a band in the gym and it's for me it's about earning the right to start to lift before we do it and there's still so many people that go into the gym and don't warm up. But if you've got time to train for 60 minutes for a, a, a push session with smashing your chest and your shoulders and your triceps with volume, you have absolutely got time, like you say, supersetting within it to get yourself in a good position and, and, and be healthy. Is there anything yeah. else you would have somebody do before they start to do some pressing movements, Alex? So, again, it is that 
making it apart. So one of my favourite movements is that Cuban press. Okay. So I don't know if you've heard of that one. No, talk, so, talk me through it. It's basically with two dumbbells, you have an upright row and then that external rotation and the press. Okay. So it's all three heads of the shoulder hit at once. So it's that upright row, get the medial heads nice and wide up, the external rotation, which is what we need again, as we've said, to get the shoulders in a nice position. So it's not a movement you're going to be hitting PBs on, but it's a nice one to really get the shoulders fired up, get everything moving, as we've said, get some blood flowing. Just thinking about that movement, I'm thinking like a two or three kilo dumbbell, just up, rotate up, and then it rotates out and then up above your head. And that's enough to stimulate. I know when I do external rotation with, or kind of, what would that plane of motion be if I'm if I'm if I'm putting it from my if it's in line yes, my body? Yes, then, still a form of external rotation. Okay, I'm using like two or three kilos when I'm doing that, and so I can imagine yeah. for a Cuban press, you're not using anything heavy, but again, it's just getting you fired up. And I think for a lot of people listening, if you haven't done these movements before, you'll probably find your bench press targets your chest more. You feel it more in the right areas because your body is more able to get into the positions it needs to to fully perform and be at peak performance yeah yeah it's that it's that setup so as you've said it's just getting everything moving nicely so rather than having those tight obviously if the chest is slightly tight from sitting at the desk all day shoulders slightly tight that's not going to be good for performance when you go in it's gonna feel like a grind it's gonna it's going to hurt. It's going to, you might think, yeah, my shoulder's playing up a little bit. So it's just getting everything, as you say, nice and set up, ready for those, particularly if you are going for some heavier work, if it is, I know, obviously, from a peak performance point of view, we're always looking to improve. So it is those chasing those small gains. So you want to obviously do everything you can to reach those gains without causing issues. Yeah, I, I, I love that message, Alex. And ultimately, that's where my head's at when it comes to what I would call low-hanging fruit. So it's, it's, it's on the tree. It's within reach. We just have to take it and use it. And it can actually be something that's quite rewarding. It's quite a tasty bit of fruit. We're happy with it. If we move on to rowing and pulling movements, what kind of things are we doing to get the body firing and fit after a day at the desk or you're somebody that sits at a desk a lot. How am I getting ready to do some, some barbell rows or a dumbbell row or a, or a pull-up? So I know I sound like I'm repeating myself here. So I think one of the key areas that for everyone is the scapula. It, control, it sort of controls and relates to so many movements that we do. Obviously, we spoke about it for the bench press, for those pushing movements. But also... For those pulling movements, I saw your posts yesterday. So yep. uh, I've lost track now. That could have been today. I've <laughs> lost track of the days. <laughs> that scapular retraction. So when you're in a pull-up position, hanging from the bar, being able to control the scapula. Because if you are looking for that full range of motion, obviously we need that full retraction or protraction at the bottom if we're doing a row. 
in order to engage the lats fully. We need to let the shoulders keep it in that position from a hypertrophy point of view. It's that not letting, I'm sure we've all seen it again, somebody loading up the barbell, doing their barbell rows where it looks like every muscle group is being trained at once. Yep. There's not much tension on the lats. It's just that big heaving movement where it's probably traps, rhomboids, lower back, biceps, everything. So yep. it is that control the scapula and then you'll have to drop the load probably a little bit, but get that tension through the lats. Think about where you are start initiating and finishing the movement because obviously a lot of the time as we've said the traps will try to take over so yeah. so if we're thinking of that warm-up movement one of those is you can hang from a bar and like you say let your let your shoulders out similar to what we do when we're standing up for our desk every hour we're, yeah. but we're just hanging this time so we're letting our our shoulder roll forward and then we're pulling it down and back into our pockets and that's kind of priming us to do the same thing when it comes to a bent over roll, like you said, or, or or a pull up. Is there anything else we can do with regards to getting ready to 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 really pull some heavy weight? So, again, we may. You've obviously seen people with their foam rollers in the gym. Yep. Because an area which can actually get tight from sitting at the desk is the lats. So we've said obviously the chest, but you can can get tightness through the lats. So, again, that does link into those pushing movements, but also to the pulling movements. So, obviously, if there is tightness in the lats, we're going to struggle to get that full movement if they're already tight. So, whether it is that stretching, using some static stretches or foam rolling or using, obviously, you see people with a lacrosse ball or those rubber peanut things. Yeah just to relieve some tension in those tight areas so we can get that full range of motion when we're rowing or pushing. Of course. And when it comes to the foam rolling, Alex, can we be quite prescriptive in terms of what that might look like for somebody to roll out their lats? Because I know people do it, I don't want to say wrongly, but they don't use it the most effectively before their session. So we're, a lot of us are time poor professionals. We want to get in and out of the gym. We've talked about how we can get ready for bench with some of the supersets with external rotation. For pulling, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna foam roll, how am I getting the most out of that roll? Or how how am I lying on it? And is there any kind of particular points? And how long would I maybe do it for? So again, it's finding that we'll all have slightly different areas that are tight. So there's no one one right area that you need to target is targeting those specific where you may feel the tightness and it is just holding it on that area for maybe 10 to 15 seconds or so yeah and just gently obviously moving across that area obviously we you see people doing all sorts of strange movements on the phone rollers in the gym yeah that's why i brought up <laughs> but it's just that slow movement obviously breaking down that tightness almost sim similar to obviously when you do go and see somebody for maybe a sports massage deep tissue work things like that it's just that finding that area and working through it yeah uh, that's that, that's a great start point and like you say i think the prescriptive thing there is 
when you find that tight area, add a little bit of pressure, leaning onto it for 10 to 15 seconds, and that should start to release that tightness and enable us to get better range when we come to doing the movement. So that's us now ready as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an office worker to try and beat our peak for pressing and pulling. Hopefully nobody listening skips leg day. So, <laughs> so how do we get ready for things like a barbell squat or a leg press? So again, it's obviously finding what's personal to you. What's, it's all individual. So there's no one right or wrong way. But it's finding that range. So I know I've seen you posting a little bit again recently. You had some assessments done. Yeah. And so that's something you can do. You can go to somebody who specializes in these areas and complete a movement assessment or something like that. And they will tell it because obviously it's a very general statement to say everybody who works in an office has tight hips. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of a lot of us do. We spend a lot of time seated, but we can't we can't say your squat mobility is lacking because you've got tight hips without an assessment. So, it's finding what your limiting factor is and then working with it. So, whether it's ankle mobility because you've got tight calves, so we could spend some time foam rolling the calves again. Obviously. If there is tight hips, we can look at some stretches. We've got things like the pigeon stretch. Okay. I, if, I don't know if any, anyone's familiar with that. That's the obviously bringing the leg out in front. And then on, it's a bit of a strange one to describe without doing it. So I'll let people YouTube that one, maybe Alex. Yeah, that, that, that's one to YouTube. That's, not, that's good for our hips, yeah? Yeah, that's a good, obviously, sort of get the hip flexors opened up. Also, if we've got tightness in the glutes, things that will really hit those, which can then obviously help when we go into squat. Yeah, you actually mentioned right at the start, we were talking about um, glute bridges as well. Is that something yeah. that we maybe do before we squat? To And I know the famous phrase is that our glutes are sleeping while we're sitting. And I, I, it's one of these fitness myths that there's a strong element of truth with respect to our, our glutes but do become underactive. So we'll go with it for now. What kind of things am I, am I doing then? I'm doing some glute bridges as well before my squat, just kind of body weight yeah. um, on the floor. Yeah, glute bridges, obviously, focusing, the key is focus on that contraction because a, a lot of the time I know there's a bit of a phase at the moment of the heavy glute bridges because it's, it's one you can go heavy on, and it's good to train it heavy as well. But that can obviously, if you're focusing on the weight, the heavy movements, we can put a bit of strain on the lower back. So it is that just focusing on that slow control movements, even single leg variations. Okay. So then obviously we can look at any imbalances between each sides and just focus on that contraction at the top. And you, you've even got movements, I know they get a bit of a bad rep, but banded movements. So you've got the sort of hip abduction using some of the resistance bands, anything like that. Because we've spent a lot of time seated, the abductor muscles, the glutes, all of them, they, they are going to be slightly underactive. 
or for most people anyway, again, it's, you, it's a very general statement, but for most people sitting down, sort of getting the glutes firing before a lower body workout is going to help. I think I say, I I certainly think so. So that's has got a few things for the so for the hips we can do things like the pigeon um stretch. For ankles we can maybe roll out our calves a little bit on the foam roller. And that same principle you spoke about where you're on a hard floor, you find the sore spot or the kind of tight spot and you give it ten to fifteen seconds, Alex, that's the most helpful way, which I think is great. And then when it comes to things like your glutes and getting them firing, we can do some single leg group bridges, we can do some glute bridges, and it's more like lower and and and, uh, and raise with some tempo and, and holding it to kind of feel the contraction I, I think that looks like a decent enough circuit before we start to load up a, a squat or, or a leg press to find where we're where, where, where we're comfortable is there anything else that you would add from a lower body perspective because if I'm thinking we've actually mentioned that we're doing um some hip rotations when we're standing up in the office. Is yep. there anything like that that I then bring into the gym environment? Yeah, so add in some of those dynamic movements. So obviously now you're in your gym attire rather than a suit or something, you can push it a little bit further. So yeah, it's just getting that movement through the hips, get the hip flexes moving again. Obviously we've worked on getting all those muscles that are under active firing, but it's just getting everything moving, getting some blood flowing. And also Actually, one of my favourite movements that I generally use in a warm-up is the dead bug. Okay. Which is a bit of a full-body core movement. It's, I always say that and clients will say, well, where does that name come from? I said, it's another one to YouTube. So once you see the movement, you'll understand. But it's, that, it's a core movement that is more about getting that sort of pressure within the core, deep core muscles okay so obviously we all do the crunches the leg raises everything like that where you get that movement but the thing with the dead bug it's more about that creating the pressure within those deep core muscles that surround the spine okay and then what it involves is with the knees up at 90 degrees the opposite arm and leg slowly extending okay got you which is where the knee the, the dead bug because you, when you're sitting on laying on the floor, waving your arms and legs about, you get some looks in the gym. Yeah, I, I think we're always going to get looks in the gym when we do things differently. However, if we think about what 90% of a commercial gym looks like and trains like, <laughs> I'd rather stand out if I'm honest. And um, I'll continue to be happy to do that. So we've got some things there. The dead bugs um, is, is, is a new one for me. I'll certainly be YouTubing that. And I, I've got an idea of what that looks like just from your description. How many sets of that? We're going to do a couple of sets of that as our, as our warm up pre-squat. Yeah, with that, it doesn't take much. Because as I say, it's all about getting that pressure within the core. So a lot of the time it's keeping that slow and controlled tempo. Yeah, sort of eight reps, a couple of sets, two, three sets. Because you are building that pre pressure within the core, it's not your typical do it for 20 reps, sort of get that burn in the abs, but to get everything strong. So again, if you're if you're squatting, we know about you want that strong core. You want your lower back nice and strong if you're putting that weight on your back. So again, it's learning to control, take that breath in, get the air, hold your core stable. And the dead bug is a good one. 
for helping with that. Fantastic, Alex. At this stage, we've probably discussed two key areas. So we've discussed that area where there's things we can do during our working day in terms of setting up our environment correctly with regards to how our desk is is set up, where where you reach it, what height it is for your eyes, your what, uh, making sure your, your back is supported by your chair, your feet are on the floor, and as more people can go away and research that. We've talked about standing up during your working day and doing some walking, doing some fairly basic static and uh, dynamic stretching within the office, all within the confines of our, um, our, our, our work attire. And then importantly, we've addressed what we do when we get into the gym to get ready to perform after a day of work. The third area I wanted to talk to you about and the final one that we'll cover for this episode is taking it a little bit further. There's going to be some people listening to the podcast that say, this all sounds quite good, but I'm really serious about this. I want to, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm maximizing the ability for me to reach peak performance. What does taking it further look like in terms of adding in maybe a, a mobility day or something that I do every morning or, or, or something of that ilk, Alex? Yes, yeah, so... Again, it's making it, finding what you what you need to make it specific to you, because obviously it is such a specific area. It's all individual. So obviously, what I'm saying now, it's good as a general to make a plan, but it is an individual. So obviously, you've had your assessments that you mentioned, so you've, I'm guessing, got a bit more of an idea. So you can go away, make a plan of what's required. So, yeah, so obviously for someone who did have some issues that they've found that need require, that needs sort of some attention, it could be a case of, okay, I'm going to put together a little bit of a foam rolling routine so I can get these stretches done. And then once I've done those stretches, I can then put a group of movements together that will target those opposing muscles. So I've got those tight muscles stretched out that those areas are slightly getting that range back now, getting that range through the tight areas. And then you can work on that strengthening. But again, it's dependent on the amount of time you have. It's, so whether it is making, you could, if you have a rest day, and I know I'm bad at rest days, um, you always tell people how important rest is, but then yourself, you'll find anything to do. So whether you take one of your rest days and turn in that, in, as you say, into a mobility day. So grab a couple of resistance bands, put together a full body circuit. Obviously, we don't want anything that is going to sort of fatigue us, but just to get everything firing. So whether that is a circuit of glute movements, sort of hamstring movements, because that's another area that typically is weaker. I know you said earlier, and I know I fell into it when I was at uni, we all, we train those muscles on the front of the body. Yeah. But it's normally the hamstrings, the glutes, areas like that, that will get forgotten. So you don't want anything that is going to cause fatigue or, we're not looking for a heavy session here, but whether it is a few sets of banded abductions or glute bridges, as we've said, 
just anything that is going to because anything that's going to target those areas that need improvement really and finding the structure is all down to the individual so if you want to make it as we've said part of your routine or if it is giving yourself a mobility day yeah I like, for you. I like those options Alex and I think for those that want to take it that step further you've listed off eight or nine different movements that we can do so you could use those all together as a full body mobility yeah. day and then like you said I've been fortunate enough in recent weeks to spend some time getting assessments on where my most prevalent tightness are. But I actually just think that, well, I, I do take it quite seriously. So every morning I spend 15 minutes just going through the kind of key components, which are for me as a desk worker, lower back, hips, shoulders, external rotation, and a little bit of ankle. And for me, that's meant that I'm pretty much touch wood, normally pretty pretty hard to injure and I'm pretty much injury free even when I push it quite hard but I just turn it into a small circuit like you say I put a podcast in I get up 15 minutes earlier than I normally do and I just get it done and it's that ability to like you say be specific and that takes some assessment and initial investment however if you're somebody like me that until recently hadn't done that you can think about some of these areas that Alex and I have spoken about tonight and build those into a kind of specific thing that you do maybe one day a week or you do for a really short period every morning. And it's not a huge commitment to do some band pull aparts, uh, a dead bug, some bird dog, whatever you want to do for 10 minutes in the morning. And you actually feel quite zen when you start your day as well. I do, I, I, I do, I do really advocate to Alex. And I think that's one for the people that want to take it further and move things forward. Are there any other movements that we've not discussed tonight that you think people should consider within their training? I know we've spoken about getting ready for pressing and pulling and legs. Is there anything that on a kind of whole body perspective they should maybe think that might be worthwhile me doing if I'm taking this really seriously? I guess it's sort of not from a whole body point of view, but again, where those areas that we do typically find tightness. So you've got that thoracic spine, Obviously, all around, typically, shoulders come forward. Yep. So it's that T-spine rotation, which is another nice one. So it's quite a nice movement where you can use the foam roller to actually guide your arm underneath the body. And that really opens up that upper back. So that's a really nice one for, obviously, doesn't take much time. And just to really open up that. Is that sometimes known as um, thread the needle, where it goes? Yes. So the foam roller goes on your arm and it goes, you have one hand in a kind of press-up position, it goes under your body. That's, that's the one. I've seen a lot of that on Instagram. And I, I think as a desk worker, sometimes that feeling is just incredible, isn't it? When you're kind of... Um, when, when you feel everything in your upper back sort of stretching out, opening up. Yeah. yeah that's, that's probably one of the, a re, another key one for people working at the desk, as we've said. And even in this environment when we're working at home, if you've got a foam roller at home, you could toss that in during the working day as, as, as part of your stand up on the hour, do that for, for, for a couple of minutes and then you go back to your desk and you maybe feel, again, that little bit more refreshed to, to get back to work. Yeah, that's it. It's, again, it's finding what works for you. I think that's probably the main statement. Obviously trying to get across with the corrective exercises 
not making it you don't have to think this is going to take hours out of my day this is gonna it's a whole nother program i've got to learn i've got to put together it's just finding there's no right or wrong list of movements it's just finding a couple of movements relevant to you so as as we've said i don't want to repeat myself but as we've said those banded pull-aparts they're probably one of the better ones you you don't have to use every movement we've listed off today it's just take a couple throw that into before your session or if you as you said if you want to put together a whole mobility day it's just taking little bits and making that work with your current programming exactly that and and I think that's what the aim of this episode was. I hope by this stage people have thought about, one, how they set up their desk, two, some of the things they can do within their working day, three, these important movements to prime us to be ready to train at peak performance when we're in the gym, and then four, some of the options we can take to build our own kind of maybe mobility day or active rest day or even just stretching routine that we can do on a regular basis throughout the week. Last question for you, Alex, where is the best place for people to connect with you online? Okay, so best place on Instagram. So that is at elevate underscore Alex. I'll pop that in the in the show notes, Alex. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. An absolute pleasure to have you on and go in on a topic that I think a lot of us can find really easy, quick ways to improve. If you're still with us at this point, please take a screenshot, pop it in your Instagram story, tag Alex, tag myself. I can't wait for your feedback and I hope that this helps you to be a better office athlete and really fulfill that peak performance that we're all chasing. Thanks again and I'll speak to you all again very, very soon.